Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and today I want to share with you how God works miracles in our lives. The title of this message is Miracles and Voids, and a void is an empty space. And we can learn a lot about how God works miracles and changes in our lives by looking at his first great miracle, which is creation itself in Genesis chapter 1. Because this miracle, I believe, gives the blueprint for how God works generally. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. This foundational verse of the Bible tells us that God created this whole space-time matter universe in one moment. Verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. This phrase, without form and void, in Hebrew is tohu vabohu, which means unformed and unfilled. Tohu means disordered, and bohu means empty. And then it also says, and darkness was on the face of the deep. So we know three things about the initial condition of the earth. First, it was a formless, unstructured, disordered chaos. Secondly, it was void, empty, empty of life. Thirdly, it was dark, it was unenergized, it had no light. Now, why was it like this? One reason was maybe to teach us a spiritual lesson about how God wants to work in our lives. You see, this description of the original earth actually describes the parts of our life that are without God. They're formless and void and dark. They're without form, they're disordered, they're empty and they're dark. And God wants to speak into our lives and do a miracle in our lives to change and transform us. And Genesis 1 shows us how he does it. Isaiah 45 verse 18 says, Thus says the Lord who created the heavens, God himself who formed the earth and made it, he has established it. He created it not in vain, not tahu. He formed it to be inhabited, that's not bohu. I am the Lord and there is none else. And so he, God says the final state of the earth was not disorder, emptiness and darkness, but that's the way it started. And then God formed it and filled it with life and with light. And that's how God wants to work in our lives. Yes, we might have areas of disorder, of emptiness, of darkness, but God wants to change that. He wants to do a miracle for us. How can he do it? How will he do it? And this secret is revealed in Genesis 1-2. When God worked the miracle, we read, The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit hovered, oscillated, full of energy over the face of the waters. This is a picture of energy waiting to be released. The mighty Spirit of God was waiting to do a miracle. What was he waiting for? God said, let there be light, and there was light. And so we learn from this the two keys of how God works a miracle. First, <coughs> he does it by his word and his spirit. You see, the spirit performs the word. God speaks his word, and the spirit brings it to pass. Notice the spirit was waiting, hovering over the earth. And when the word of God was spoken, the spirit manifested the word. And that's how God does miracles. He does it through his word and by the power of his spirit. And if we read on in Genesis chapter 1, we'll see that God continued to do this and work in this way in the six days of creation. He spoke it and it came to pass. He continued to speak his word and the Holy Spirit continued to bring it to pass. And God continues to work in your life 
in the same way through his word and through his spirit, even today. But there's another key here that I want you to see that we can easily miss. And people often will miss the second key that's hidden in this story. It's so easy to miss this second key, but it's just as crucial. And that is the presence of a void. The earth, you see, was formless and void. It was empty. This void is very important. There was a void present into which God speaks. The second key that is necessary for a miracle in your life is the presence of a receptive void into which God can speak and do a miracle. The two keys for receiving God's miraculous intervention in your life are first of all God's word and his spirit and secondly a receptive void. This might be a new idea for you but this is so important. This is the vital condition for receiving a miracle. Let's compare it to the creation or the conception of life. The void is like the egg in a woman that must be first created in her womb. This is the recipient which can then be filled by the word, by the seed. As the seed goes into the egg and fuses with it and transforms it, so the word of God will go into the void and create a new thing. The right condition of a receptive void must be set up in our spiritual womb, in our heart, in order for God's word to come in and create the miracle of new life. What is a void? It's an empty place in your heart, in your life, that God has created or he's allowed to, to develop and which God wants to fill with himself. It's a need, it's a lack, it's a weakness. As he works in your life, voids are formed so that God can fill you with more of himself it's essential for a miracle. It's an awareness of a need. It's a desire for more of God's life and power. Are you needy before God? Do you desire more of God? That's good. That's a void that's in your heart. It's a consciousness of our need for God. Jesus said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. When you know of your weakness and your need for God's help, for his strength, for his wisdom, there's a void in you. And that void causes you to call out to God with all your heart for an answer. It's a deep humility. The opposite is self-sufficiency or complacency. You know, it's good to be needy before God and then to be receiving from God. You know, the reason why miracles often don't happen so much in countries where things are very materialistic, well-off, is because people don't feel that need for God. And so there isn't room in their heart for a miracle. Whereas others who know they need God they have that void in their heart, and then God has room to do a miracle for them. People can hear the word, but not receive changes, because they have no void. If you are stepping out in faith, obeying God, loving all people, then you will quickly develop voids. In other words, you will become conscious and aware of your need for God's help to do God's will. Your voids are how receptive you are to a miracle. It's an empty space in you, waiting to be filled. The Bible says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Literally, they shall exchange their strength. And so they shall rise up on, with wings as an eagle. As you come to God, you exchange your weakness for his strength. His strength fills your void. And so you will rise up as an eagle, flying on the winds of the Holy Spirit. Come before God, presenting your void, your lack of strength, your weakness, your inability to him. Look to him. 
and he will fill your empty void with his strength. You see, God's Spirit hovers over your voids as he hovered over the void at creation. And he wants to fill your voids with his strength. In our culture, you know, we often want to cover our voids. We want to cover our weak areas so that we look strong, so we don't show weakness or need. Now, before people, it may or may not be right to expose our voids, but before God in prayer, we should open up and present our need fully before him, believing him to fill it. Often, people feel their voids, but they cover them over. They try and fill that empty space with other things by being busy with distractions, eating, drinking, drugs, television, etc. But the real answer is to come to God in prayer and expose those empty places fully to God. He wants us to live in dependence on Him. He wants us to use those needs and those empty places as an opportunity to draw close to him, presenting our needs to God, asking him to fill us, and so draw closer to him. So the more need you feel to, for God, the better, because that causes you to draw close to him and ask, you to, ask him to fill you and do a miracle in your life. These empty places in your life are actually a thing that God will work for good. Because if we invite God into those places, we'll receive more of God and be closer to God. Let's read Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10. God said to me, says Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness, in the void. I therefore all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong through his strength. The Apostle Paul actually said he rejoiced in situations that revealed his weakness because they created voids that caused him to call upon God, asking for his help and strength to fill that empty place. And as a result, more power, glory and grace flowed into his life. In that time of great weakness, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. So he says, I rejoice when I feel that void, when I feel that need, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because when I feel that weakness and open it up to God, then he comes through and his strength fills my weakness. And when we're weak and we call on him, he will come and he'll be our strength. And then we'll be strong in the strength of the Lord, praise God. So we learn to rejoice. He knew if he presented that empty place to God, God would come and fill him and he would experience more of God's life. He saw them all as experiences, opportunities to receive more from God. But if we don't feel that need for God, then we won't call on God to fill us. If you're thinking, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm okay, my life's going fine, I don't need more of God, I don't need to press deeper into God, then you're giving God nothing to work with. There are no voids in you for him to fill. When we give our voids to God, then we will be strong with his strength that infuses us, rather than just our natural strength and our natural ability. As we welcome him into our empty places, we will become strong with his strength. You know, there are two, two ways you can grow a void or make one bigger. Fasting is a good idea. It increases your awareness of your need for God, and it opens the door for God to work more in your life. And secondly, moving out in faith. Because whenever you're believing God to do something that's beyond your ability, or you're believing God for something that is beyond your natural ability, you create a void for God to fill with his love and power. Once you're aware that God, and only God, can fill that, you bring it to him in prayer, you present it to him, and you ask him to fill it. 
And that's exactly what the psalmist does in Psalm 42. I love this psalm. It reads, As the deer pants after the water, so pants my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He's calling out for God's presence to fill that empty place he feels within. He's thirsting for God. He says, my tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. He's coming to God and he's pouring out his need to God in prayer. And he says, why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? He feels that void, that emptiness. Hope thou in God. He speaks to his soul and he says, hope in God because God is going to fill me. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. He's so aware of his need, of his void. He's disquieted, he's cast down, but he says, I, nevertheless, I will hope in God. I will get the help from his presence that will fill that empty place. So he's not discouraged, he's, he's down, but he's not down and out. He knows God is going to help him. And then I love verse 7. It says, deep calls to deep. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. Notice verse 7 says, deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. I love that. This is talking about God's grace being like a waterfall. When we hear the sound of the waterfalls of God's grace, when we hear the sound of his word, the word of his grace towards us, telling us how much he loves us, how much he wants to meet our need, and how much he wants to flow into our lives, like rushing water filling our weaknesses, then the depths of our heart calls out to the depths of God. Deep calls unto deep, the depths of my heart calls out to the depths of his supply. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. I hear the sound of your word, Lord, that tell me about the rivers of life, and I call out for you to fill me. And so the depths of our heart go out to the depths of God, calling upon him to fill us. When we hear the sound of his grace through his word, we will call out to God and ask him to fill our empty places. Then, <coughs> as a result of deep calling to deep, he says, all your waves have come over me. In other words, the waves of God's grace have flowed. As soon as he called out to God, the waves of God's grace started flowing over him. And as soon as we open up our heart to God to fill our empty place, then the waterfall, the rivers of life, the waves of God's grace will come over us and fill us because God loves to bless us. And as a result, he says, God's loving kindness will be upon me. He will be commanded upon me in the daytime and I'll be filled with his songs in the night. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Praise God. And so when we present our void to God, believing his word, then the Holy Spirit will fill that void. You know, an example of this is salvation. When you know you can't save yourself, when you know you're empty on the inside, and you know your need for Jesus Christ, then and only then you call out to him from your heart and you ask him to come in and be your Lord and Savior, to fill that empty place with God's life. The Bible says all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you prayed, he came in and filled that void in your spirit. You became born again, a new person on the inside with the Holy Spirit within. You know, a void by itself does not automatically bring about a miracle. The void must be there, 
but then it must be presented to God in faith, looking to God to fill that void. It must be a receptive void in your heart. And then God is able to come in and fill it and perform that miracle. See, God respects our free will. And if there isn't a place in us to receive a miracle, he can't do that. So it's not enough just to have an empty space. We must offer it to God and ask him to fill it with his life. Maybe you're at a place now where you feel empty. You feel things are too hard, think you're out of your depth. Well, you know that's a good thing because now you can bring that empty place to God and call out to him with all your heart and ask him to come in and fill you. You know, in the original miracle of Genesis, God started, first of all, he created a void. Then he started to breathe his word and his spirit into the void and fill it. The first thing he said was, let there be light. And light filled the empty place, replacing the darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, something like that happened to us when we received Jesus Christ. It says, the same God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Here, what happens in our hearts when we're born again is compared to the original creation of the earth. Our spirits were in darkness, but God spoke light into our spirit, filling it with his life and glory. Has God spoken to you? Let there be light. Has his word penetrated the darkness of your heart and brought forth the light of Christ in you? Has your dead dark spirit been reborn and filled with the light of Christ? Well, even if he has, there's still more work for God to do in your soul. Yes, your spirit has been changed from darkness to light, but your soul is still formless and void. And just as God hadn't finished with the earth, but continued to speak his creative word over the next six days, so God continues now to speak into our lives, to form them into his image and to fill them with his life. And it's interesting to see how he went about it. First of all, in the first three days, he gave the earth form. It was formless, so he gave it form. He formed empty spaces that were designed for him to fill, like the sea, the air, the land, the heavens. And then in the days four, five and six, he filled all of these spaces in turn, filling them with his life putting the fish in the sea, the animals on the land, the birds in the air, the stars in the heavens. And that's how God works in us. First, he changes the darkness into light. He changes our spirits to light. But the earth was still unformed and unfilled. So God first formed and then he filled the earth. He forms the empty spaces and then he fills them. Again and again, God operates by forming a void and then filling it with his life and energy. God is also working in you forming voids so that you have to call upon him to fill them and in the Bible we notice that miracles most often happen to people at their greatest need you don't have to be at the point of disaster for God to do a miracle but often it's us that limit God because we're stubborn and only when we're at our extremity do we call upon God for help pride keeps us from acknowledging our need and so we try and fill the void ourselves until get things, things get so bad that we know that only God can save us now. And then we call on him and he does a miracle. One example is the miracle of salvation. In John chapter 3, verse 6 to 8, Jesus compares the miracle of the new birth by the Holy Spirit to the action of the wind. Jesus said, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. 
You see, he's saying the wind and the spirit are both invisible. You don't see where it goes. He enters a man, causing the new birth, just like air enters into the lungs, giving us life. And although we can't see the spirit or the wind, they flow according to laws. You know, how do you receive air into your lungs? It, by creating a void in your lungs, a low pressure, an empty place. And that's how it is with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hovers over you until you realize your need. It's like breathing in. And when there's that empty place on the inside, then there is a, a space for him to come in. And then when you call on Jesus to save you and to fill you, then the Holy Spirit can rush in and make you a new person and fill you with his presence. Yes, the Holy Spirit is hovering over you now. He's ready to fill your void. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. Those who don't feel the need because they feel strong in themselves, they find it hard to receive the Holy Spirit because there's no void in them. There's no place in them for the Spirit to fill. They think they're doing okay without the Spirit's power. But the Bible says we need the Spirit. Christian, you need the Holy Spirit. You need his power. So invite him in to fill you, and he will. You know, a wonderful example of this in the Bible is the oil miracle. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 2 to 6, the prophet says to a woman in desperate need, Go, borrow vessels from everywhere, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. In other words, create a big void, a big empty space for God to fill. He says, don't gather just a few vessels, but pour and pour the oil that you have into those vessels. And she poured it out. And when the oil, the vessels were full, the oil ceased. So supernaturally, that little bit of oil multiplied and filled up all those empty spaces, all those empty vessels. To receive her miracles, she had to create a void using empty vessels. And the size of her miracle was determined by the size of the void that was created by her because God filled whatever empty vessels she presented to him. All the empty vessels were gathered together. She started pouring out the little bit of oil that she had and it multiplied and filled all the empty vessels. Only when she ran out of empty vessels did the oil stop. And you know the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, God will fill whatever void you present to him. He will fill it with his oil the oil of the Holy Spirit. When there was no more void, then there was no more miracle. Her void, her empty vessels, were her capacity to receive a miracle. No, the void doesn't create the miracle. God does that. But that without the void, there can be no miracle because there's no room in us for the miracle to take place. It's like that at the birth of Jesus in Luke 2, 6 and 7. It says, when he was born, there was no room for him at the inn. Think of the innkeeper. They knock at his door. What a glorious miracle he could have had in his house. But no, there was no room. And he missed the greatest miracle. You know, the Son of God knocks on the door of your heart. He wants to be born in you. And so many people, they, 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 they don't have room in their life. They don't want the inconvenience of making room. But had he really believed that that was the Son of God, he would have made room. He would have made sure, even if he had to sleep somewhere else. Jesus is knocking at your door. Make room for him. Let there be a void in you to receive his power and glory. Let me leave you with this thought now. You need to present your weakness your need to God in faith. Ask him to fill it and transform it. Maybe you're feeling that loneliness, that emptiness now. 
I want you, rather than trying to fill it with other things, I want you to bring it to Jesus now and ask him to fill that. Let's pray right now, shall we? Lord, we bring that empty place. We bring our void to you. We bring that need to you right now. Jesus, this thing is too big for me. I don't know what to do. The task is too much, but I bring that empty place to you. I present my void to you, and I ask you to fill that empty place in me right now. Jesus, fill me now by your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you to fill that void and do a miracle in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. The victory is yours, Lord. The victory is yours. I've never been so sure, Lord. The victory is yours. I stand on holy ground now. What do I have to fear when I know the victory is yours? Oh, I was in the darkness. I just could not see how I could be saved by the cross of Calvary. I didn't know what freedom that awaited me until my Jesus set me free. Oh, I just want to tell the world what God has done for me. The day that I come. Save me, Lord, was the day.